Hello. And welcome to the Tony Awards. Tony with an I. The podcast where we go through the entire filmography of Tony Collette. I'm Sam. I'm Jake. And joining us today, we have two very special guests, Mr. Mike Bermonte. Hey guys, nice to be with you. And Mr. Jake Velasquez. How's it going? Thanks for having me. And today we are talking about Unlocked, released in 2017, written by Peter O'Brien, directed by Michael Apted, about a CIA operative in England who's trying to keep coronavirus from being leaked <laughs> into England. Okay, so uh, I was I was telling Mike before, I don't watch a lot of action movies, so I feel like every time we cover one for this podcast, there's some new aspect of action movies as a whole that I'm completely surprised by and think shouldn't exist. Uh, for this one, I don't know what that was. Maybe the slight Islamophobia, or I don't know. Like, because <laughs> it's, it's, it's a hard... It's a hard line to walk, I feel like, because on one hand, in the mid-2000s, much of the terrorist attacks in America and the world uh, may have been carried out by Muslim people. But also, sometimes you just want to see a nice Muslim in a movie who is just hanging out and having a good time. So I don't know what you how you guys felt about that. I... I thought about that too. Like the second note I wrote was racist question mark, but the inclusion of uh, one, like a, a Muslim character who was a good guy. Yeah. Uh, and two, the fact that I think they were just using it as more of a backdrop because it's like familiar to the audience. Mm -hmm. And then that one like terror leader was like, actually, no, I want to stop terror from happening. I was like, okay, I think they're trying to be a little more woke with it. You know, it's a female lead and everything. But I was like, yeah, initially any kind of movie that like where the primary, like the Nazis of the movie are Middle Eastern terrorists, it's kind of like yeah. yawn. That's my opinion. <laughs> I yeah. think, uh, well, I, first of all, like I felt like I had no idea what was going on but at the same time i could also predict <laughs> predict it okay because it's like <laughs> these action movies they follow a formula and you know people are going to flip at the end and you know michael douglas gets killed in the first uh 30 minutes but it's like okay he's he's coming back you know they're not going to have him on screen for 30 minutes um but yeah i think a lot of those movies follow they kind of have the islamic fundamentalist terrorist uh backdrop and, you know, I've seen some blowback for that in, in recent years because it's like if we're going to keep perpetuating this stero stereotype, you know, we got to look at ourselves and what we're creating and what we're portraying. Um, you know, it's uh, I, I don't know. I didn't totally feel like it was racist necessarily, but, you know, I could see how the, the stereotypes could be, um, you know, could end, you know, some people could feel that way. Yeah, me and Mike talked about it for a little bit, actually, after we wa – I watched it this morning, actually. Quite a movie to watch at 10 a.m., actually. <laughs> Let me tell you that much. But, uh, um, yeah, I felt like uh, – I feel like it, Muslims are like the new Jews. They get scapegoated for everything. Uh, I think it's a prop good propaganda piece, nice propaganda piece, probably produced by the Chinese, throw, you know, because they cause oh corona. But, uh, God damn it. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, but I thought it was interesting uh, – but we were talking about it. I think the cat, the cast is unbelievable. 
Oh yeah, such it's a great one of the best cast I've ever seen. Yeah. Why would they have like you were saying? Michael Douglas is only in the movie for half an hour, but they had Orlando Bloom in there for twenty minutes. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, I guess Michael Douglas came back, but for not that long, but just you know at the end. But yeah, yeah some short stints for some pretty uh, prominent names. Yeah, and Tony was was in it for quite a bit more than I would have expected to, to be honest. I would say though, Tony, I would estimate had like three days of shooting time. I think that John Malkovich, I read the IMDb trivia, only had like a week of shooting time. It came time. up on Amazon too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it that, said Michael, that, John Malkovich shot this film for a week. <laughs> yeah, which in all honesty was probably part of the draw. Uh, somebody's kids mm-hmm. maybe needed to go to camp. But also I've, I was thinking today about like the premise of this podcast and how we're kind of diving deep into movies that in within Tony Collette's career, she definitely just saw as like a way to spend a week because it because acting is kind of like any other job where Mm -hmm. you know sometimes you get a good job sometimes you have a bad job sometimes you know uh there's like a variation in quality of the product and i and i felt kind of like this podcast isn't picking on tony collette but can be picking on these movies that i think were maybe just meant to be like three-star movies that you watch once and then forget about Mm -hmm. Uh, I'll never forget this film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is burned in the memory. Yeah, I, I, probably because it's COVID related. It, it is crazy mm-hmm. that it came out in 2017. They knew something we didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we might we might need to clarify. It's not actually COVID, um, <laughs> but it is apparently a real like disease that it's based on. It's like this. They they basically it's bio warfare from mm-hmm. these uh, Islamic terrorists supposedly, but. Oh, sidebar, before I get too distracted, the lead villain of the Islamic terrorists is actually a white guy who converted. Okay, fully, like, half of the villains in this movie are white Muslims. And I want to know what happened. But also, they want to do bio-warfare, so... He was converted... Uh, and so he was kind of leading the charge on it, but uh, they did. I was, but this is what God was confusing, though, because Michael Douglas's character was the one who was like pulling the trigger on the bio weapon at the mm-hmm. end, and yeah, it was that Aryan guy. It was kind of clairvoyant or, you know, foreshadowing because it was like uh, the U.S. is not prepared for a virus. This is the biggest threat to the U.S. <laughs> and his rationale for doing it was like, I love this country. I want to warn them about this. But it seemed like uh, I don't I don't know if I uh, buy that justification because he was going to kill a lot of people pretty. Uh, well, And it's pretty hilarious in yeah. retrospect, knowing that this country doesn't care at all about what happens if a virus spreads very rapidly. So I think it's... Michael Douglas's character in this movie just wanted attention. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, you crazy. Know what? it's crazy. Much like Michael too. Douglas himself. <laughs> yeah. Michael Douglas is Bill Gates, actually. Mm. It's uh, yeah, that's what the conspiracies for Bill Gates are exactly what Michael Douglas's character is in this movie. Wait, almost is, to a T. Is Michael Douglas the guy who said that he got like mouth cancer from eating pussy? Yeah, that sounds right. He's wow. married to Catherine Zeta Jones. I don't know if they're still married. Maybe I think did they he get are. mouth cancer from her pussy? 100%. It had to be one one of the many. <laughs> The entire set of Chicago got mm-hmm. mouth cancer. Catherine from... Zeta-Jones got <clears throat> mouth cancer from Richard Greer, except gear in her pussy. Greer. Uh, Judy Greer's dad. 
during the during the filming of Razzle Dazzle, he had like a baton that accidentally went into her vagina, and then she oh, gave yeah. it to Matthew Douglas. It's sad, really. <laughs> he also played Liberace in that oh, TV movie, and so the he died of AIDS, which is also a pandemic. Mm-hmm. So didn't he die of AIDS, or was he just gay? I think I that mean, he might have died of AIDS. Here's the thing: movie. maybe he's behind coronavirus have we thought about that behind Michael the COVID-19 <laughs> or Liberace yeah I do think that Lib- Liberace invented coronavirus and mm. just kept it in like a vault for the Rob Lowe character to release at a predetermined <laughs> a, time is Rob Lowe in that Rob movie? Lowe is in behind the candelabra as this like plastic surgeon who has a bunch of plastic surgery on his face mm-hmm. and his face is you know like I a podcast is an audio only medium. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, Basically you're doing the face, the plastic they, surgery face. Yeah, they like they took his um uh you know, when you're you know, when you're doing like a racist impression of a Chinese person, it was like that, but with his entire face. And apparently they just like taped his face back with like tape, like scotch tape mm. while they were filming. Oh, so is Roblo his like love interest? No, he's just like a doctor. I think that's some somebody else's his love interest in that movie. I yeah, think that, who was yeah. that? It's God, a... like somebody like Matt Damon or something. Yeah, I thought it was Matt Damon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it shouldn't mm-hmm. I have no idea what this movie is that you're talking about. <laughs> the, um... But it also sounds like a great cast, bad movie scenario. Yeah. Well, no, it actually, it's not that, okay. So it's a biopic of Liberace and everything that sounds like fucked up about the movie is actually just something that happened in real life. Uh, Like he, well, it's like a fucked up movie and you're like, wow, this isn't plausible. And then it turns out that it all happened. Mm. Uh, It's basically, he's like this closeted, like um, gay musical Mm -hmm. icon who everybody thinks is straight. And -hmm. he has this gay lover, but it's like not accepted. So the only way that he can really think of to make him like part of his family, quote unquote, is to legally adopt him. And but also their relationship is super like toxic and abusive. And he tries to get him to have plastic surgery to look more like him because he wants him to like, I don't know. Oh, I've heard about so, this. Yeah, but yeah. this movie, part of what struck me about <laughs> this movie was that Tony Collette, A, has a blonde buzz cut. Mm-hmm. Amazing. She loves Best to hair. shave her head. Mm-hmm. B, there's a scene in the beginning where the main girl, the, the lead is uh, from Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. There's mm-hmm. this scene early on in the movie right. where she's just like lounging in her apartment in the most like expensive looking lingerie and she's just walking around talking to her boss on the phone and i was like this was okay wait i have a question am i insane sorry no go ahead no go ahead go ahead i was just gonna say i always thought rooney mara was in was girl with the dragon tattoo i thought that yeah me too but yeah, she must have been a different character, right? Numi Rapace, I feel her like her played name her rhymes with in... Rooney. Wait. Huh, that's... She was in the Swedish version of Girl with the Dragon. Okay, Tattoo. yeah, there was a different because oh. this girl's kind of an international star. I didn't mm-hmm. I didn't know her, but I think she's a big name. I overseas. saw her in um Prometheus, that alien. Oh, uh, Prometheus. Yeah. I knew I had seen and... her in something. That's yeah. a great movie. Yeah. It's a and great she's movie. Apparently, also in the Sherlock Holmes sequel too, which I also I think saw in high school. Mm. So, I one time yeah. uh, hooked up with a guy who tried to tell me that Prometheus was one of the worst movies he had ever seen. Not uh, well. You got to end it. 
Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I was like, and I need to Charlie's leave your apartment. Theron, right <laughs> can't tr- can't trust him. And yeah, Charlie Theron is like a a like a walking AI villainous. All I remember about that movie is that there's a guy who's a robot, and near the end, um, all of the robot has been destroyed except for the head, and he's played by like. Oh my god, it's uh, Michael Sheen, somebody, right? Somebody famous. Not Michael, Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen? Somebody it else. is Michael Sheen. Right? It's definitely not Michael Sheen. And Why not? <laughs> <laughs> it was like a younger guy. I feel like in my mind it was like a younger muscular guy. But He's in, in it though. At, at the end, the person is just like carrying his head around. And the head is like talking. Wait, does that happen in the movie or did I just make that up? You... I don't think he made that up. Michael Fassbender's head. Is Michael talking. Fassbender. Michael okay. Fassbender. How do you forget Fassbender? I mean, guy's oh. a snack. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I saw 12 <laughs> Years a Slave what, and I, I truly... Uh, it's hard to forget. Yeah. I never wanted to see it was him Steve again Jobs. after 12 Years a Slave. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he made Steve Jobs a sex symbol. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you guys feel about this? Because it was a star-studded cast. On the cover of the movie, I think it lists all... F- uh, four out of the five main characters... The one they don't list is Tony. So how do you feel about that? Fact uh, sexism, sexism. <laughs> <laughs> right? The female-led spy thriller full of sexism. Well, she's the only... Oh, well, this the... poster This poster has her in the middle. Oh, it did. Okay. But not not visually. Not, it's just inna- her not name. in name. Is this the a Homeland? I... You guys like Homeland? Remember I haven't that? seen that. Is that with Mandy Patinkin? Yes. Yes. Love yeah. Mandy Claire Patinkin. Danes, right? Claire Danes was in a Tony movie. What was that movie called? Eternal or something? Endless. Oh yeah, like sunshine endless love or something. Eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah. No, oh, okay. <laughs> it was. Uh, it was. We got wa- Meryl Streep. We watched this Close. movie with Claire Danes and Tony Collette, where it's just like this old. It was basically Titanic in the sense that it's an old woman dying, and then there's flashbacks to her being like the horniest she's ever been when she. Oh was my god! 20. Wasn't she also in the hours? For it's called Evening. 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 Um, are right, you guys uh, into like action movies or are you just straight? I only watch action movies. Wow. <laughs> That's not true. Is it true? Not only, but I love Rush Hour is one of my favorite movies of all time. Followed by Midnight Run starring Robert De Niro and Charles Grodin. Yeah. I uh I like some action movies like the Bourne series. I really like that. Yeah. Um, I'm a big Matt Damon guy. I like Matt Damon. Listen, what do you want me to say? I like Matt Damon. Uh, I uh... <laughs> do you like him in Thirty Rock though? Do you like him in Thirty Rock? Because that's what I know him from. <laughs> yeah, he is good in Thirty. He's good in Thirty Rock. He's funny. Great pilot. What did he do on Thirty Rock? <laughs> He's he dates Liz, and then they they have like a shootout on a plane almost. Or yeah, like... yeah, yeah. <laughs> I actually just watched that episode like a week ago. Oh, to go on a plane and have there be a shootout, and I'm with oh. my boyfriend Matt Damon. No, Who they try exactly to shoot each other. Exactly what to do? Oh, okay. But I'll say this: action movies, <laughs> for the most part, action movies—they're boring. All right, that yeah. you—it's you—it's the opposite of what you would think. Like fight scenes are are boring. You know what the outcome is yeah. going to be. The main character is going to live. The villains are going to die. It's just—I don't—I don't care. You know, bright lights and loud noises and gunshots—I could do without it. I, I can't watch a movie it. unless those things are in it. <laughs> I need gunshots or it's not a film. <laughs> I'm kind of thinking like, I'm realizing that I used to like action movies a lot more than I do now. Um, I think about the fight scene, even though it's like a predetermined ending, you know, like I feel like 
it's all about the location you know like give me like spider-man and dog on top of the train you know it has to be something that's why i like spider-man and like pirates of the caribbean orlando bloom for example because it's like they're always like on like a beam over the water and like mm-hmm. that's what it's about for me it's not about like like the james you know, bond the films have, have good oh, scenery. i was gonna say yeah. i think on top of the train is the most elite location for a fight scene and if you watch <laughs> any of these action and adventure movies there's always a train fight and it's always the highlight of the film mm-hmm. always you can't go wrong with a train this movie would have gone up from like a d to a b if there was a train fight mm-hmm. i know that i would say that's the one thing this movie's missing Yes, is, uh, you know they did. Plot. There was Apparently even a train canceled. fight. There was even a train fight in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, and that was bad. Yeah, there is. It's a stage show, and there's a train fight with a. Everybody knows woman. the key to a good film is a train fight, right? Even if it's like a G-rated rom-com, you know, Pixar movie, you need a <laughs> you need a train fight. I was watching. The story has had a train fight. I was watching <laughs> when Harry met Sally the other night, and I uh, was like, "This is a perfect movie." But I do wish <laughs> that Carrie Fisher would just throw somebody off the top of a train mm-hmm, in this because mm-hmm. she's no. great in that movie. I did not. I always forget that Carrie Fisher is when, is in in when Hallie movie. when Harry met Sally when Hallie met Sari when Hallie met Sari. That's um, my version, and it's about two people who don't know how to talk. But and they're lesbian. Yes. <clears throat> Sari is such I, a feminine name. But I do wish that Carrie Fisher had just like fucking like murked somebody. Mm-hmm. That's what that film is missing. I did think I do. I did think it was a perfect film until then. But we just uh, they need to go back and make a remake with a with the train fight scene, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Sam, what are your favorite action movies? I, I, well, I watched The Born Identity one time with my dad when I was homesick from school as a kid. And he was like, don't tell your mom I let you watch this. So that has a good place in my heart, even though I have zero memory of it. I saw Die Hard for the first time oh, last baby. month. So good. <laughs> what a movie. So good. I feel I like now, <laughs> I feel like every time I watch an action movie now, I'm like comparing it to Die Hard in my head. So I have a, actually a take that, uh, I actually sort of like kung fu movies, but no one else does. Ooh, Nobody else kung does. Kung Fu Panda? Uh, I haven't seen it as a cartoon, but I will check it out. Uh, but I, Don't I ask haven't... him about fucking entry-level kung fu movies, Jake Everhart. <laughs> the only one I know. It's the only one yeah, I know. Continue, Jake Velasquez. Uh, but I was saying, I think Rush Hour is the best movie of all time because it blends American cop action adventure with kung fu action adventure into one. So it's like Die Hard with a kung fu movie. That makes sense. And this was the best movie. Yeah. In my opinion. Oh, I've seen a Kung Fu movie actually. Um, Wendy Wu Homecoming Warrior. Yes, from Disney Brenda Channel. Song. <laughs> That's a good one. That was that was good. Yeah. Um, I feel like I watched that at my grandma's house after I had to leave my house because I pants to my sister's friend. <laughs> I <laughs> and you pants your sister's friend and you have to leave the house. Mm-hmm. You got reprimanded. Yeah. One of the worst things I've ever done. Um, I'm looking through my movie notes. I like how often enough, because I, I kept referring back to the Wikipedia summary because I didn't really know what was happening. Mm-hmm. But then every like 20 minutes, one of the characters does have a monologue where they explain what's going on, which was my favorite part of this movie because 
I feel like the number one critique that I give to any movie is that I physically didn't know what was going on during certain moments of it. And as long as there's one character around to be like, by the way, here's how the CIA works and why this is bad news, what just happened now. Because every time something happened, I would be like, is this against the rules? I think I kind of <laughs> like the spy movie aspect of that because it's like you kind of just have to put yourself in a headspace where you're like, oh, I don't need to really know what's going on because in like 10 more minutes, I'll kind of be able to figure it out. Oh, yeah, you know? that's like that's what I hate about. Um, I just said that. I'll edit <laughs> like, that part out. Like James, <laughs> like James Bond, like, you know, they're just like Judy Dench will be like, oh, you know, this was this and that was that. I don't know. It, it was calming. It, it's like mindless, but it makes you like if you really chose to follow it, you could. You could try to, but you don't have to. Which I, I like. think I think you're right. You just got to let go of the fact that you're not going to know every detail of what they're talking about, but you'll hit the the major points, you know, and you'll understand when somebody flips to the other side or mm-hmm. yeah. you know, that you know, kind of what's at stake. But yeah, I, I had like I said, that's why I said you can predict it. But I really couldn't. If you asked me to explain the movie, I, I really couldn't. Yeah. I feel like that's why I might just not be built for action movies. Because every time somebody flipped to the other side, I would demand an explanation. <laughs> right. <laughs> let's, let's not loop all action movies in. Because <laughs> I, I think that's unfair. I mean, it's, this that, movie was all over. They were flip-flopping all over the place. Yeah. But some movies are a little more straightforward. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think is also another thing you have to think about with action movies because there's so many different types of action movies. You know, you have like the spy, mm. the, you know, even, I don't know, I would kind of argue that that Daniel Radcliffe white supremacy movie was action-y in a way. I was thinking watched. about, I was thinking about that during It's more this. of a thriller. Tony loves making people go undercover. This is the second she movie. She is the like CIA boss. That is her, like one of her types now. Established. Mm-hmm. She's always like taking somebody aside, being like, "You need to go on this mission," and they're like, "But I don't want to," or like, "Maybe it's unsafe." And she's like, "No, but you must." <laughs> she's like, "Fuck what you think. I'm your uh-huh. boss." Yeah, yeah. In a variety of she accents. has a good presence for that. I would, if she told me to run through a brick wall, I would do it. I would absolutely, and I think that Numi Rapace has picked up from her in this movie because <laughs> Numi is constantly making gunshot victims like run around <laughs> <laughs> like twice in this movie people are like I have just been shot and she's like go down the stairs go 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 and it's like <laughs> yes you are being pursued and about to die but I just thought it was funny she had so many shootouts I was just like yes just kill him yes keep going <laughs> I do okay so it like so it begins with her sort of, you know, she's undercover as like a caseworker at a community center. And then she gets called in by the CIA to interrogate a terrorist. And then while she's there, she gets another call from her CIA handler that's like, hey, we need you to interrogate this guy. And she's like, I'm fucking on it. And they're like, who told you to come here? And she's like, some some guy named Sutter. And they're like, he doesn't work here. And she's like, oh, no. And then she has to take the terrorist and tell him, like, you and I were in this together. We're going to leave. I like Otherwise, that. they're going to kill us. I love that. I thought that it was very interesting. <laughs> and I wanted it to become, like, a buddy cop movie between the two yeah. of them afterwards. But then he just died immediately. Yeah. I feel like every time I watch a movie, there's, like, one subplot that happens that I'm like, I want that to be the movie. Yes, yes. And then it never is. I was thinking like, too, I was like, you know what? She got so upset that like 24 civilians died 
in her like tragic past. Yeah, but then I'm like, you've bitch. killed like, and then I'm like, you killed eighty <laughs> people in like the last two minutes, <laughs> including is, civilians. I think that is one thing about spy movies. It makes you a spy movie will make you think that these spies are just killing thousands of people a year. Because in, in like the Bourne yeah. movies, he must kill a hundred people per movie. Just, just like. And their their lives just they're just over. That's just it for those people. That's how it ends. And judo chops them, and they're just they're they're just done. Yeah, they melt. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And then Orlando Bloom, sorry, Katy Perry's husband, is trying to steal a TV from her from this like Airbnb she's going to. Yeah. So out. So her mentor dies. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. Her mentor dies. Not. It's okay. I mean. Listen, does anybody need to know what's physically going on in this movie oh, while we no, talk about it? No, remember last last week when I tried to summarize it all in like a minute. Do you want to do that now? Yes. But let's do 45 seconds since you started. Okay. I'll time you. Go. So she leaves with the guy and he dies and then she her mentor dies but says go to my ex-wife's apartment and he goes Orlando Bloom is trying to steal a TV and also she's getting chased by the CIA who thinks that she might have been the one that turned to Islam. So she takes Orlando Bloom and runs away and then it turns out that he's actually a terrorist. So she so the a guy with the dog kills him and then they uh, try to meet a guy for they try to do another undercover mission with uh, one of Numi's friends from the community center and then the guy from the community center dies in a lake that's it i think yes. that's uh, yep, spot on you did 40 seconds or something <laughs> I, I i was texting mike for most of this movie and uh i i totally missed orlando bloom being a terrorist <laughs> well i <laughs> that, that, he was that he was working for for douglas right but i only know that because i read the wikipedia summary yeah he was working for that first guy who took her to the fake like stakeout interrogation thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sutter or whatever because he sent her he sent him the audio file from her phone right who knows who knows but that creep can we talk about the the virus thing because that made this like child bleed out of their eyes mm. yeah. and I was like whoa that was disturbing yeah that was like cool. imagine if COVID if COVID <laughs> really made people bleed out of their eyes you think they would have done a little bit more who knows? No. Probably not. But that's why I think like he's like, oh, the U.S. is not prepared for something like this. Why don't you send something a little less severe to the U.S. Hello. than this disease, which seems that's like everyone's going to be bleeding out of their eyes in 48 hours, right? Send a, a light uh, virus, maybe it would be a cold, you know? Yeah. Um, well, well, COVID, COVID is, is, is not that light, and we haven't done much. So I don't well, know. Variant, might have needed the variant's to be on its way. <laughs> <laughs> people in the united states just start bleeding out of their eyes and the president is like put it back in mm-hmm. that's what we should do as the far left movement we should put the blood back you know, into our eyes sh- no we should start bleeding out of our eyes and pretend that it's covid <laughs> no once you start bleeding out of your eyes instead of 600 bucks you get 650 mm. yeah, the yeah they give you, they give you a little extra yeah and yeah, zero extra and, and seven cents mm-hmm. yeah. yes take care of those medical costs yeah, yeah. Get a good ophthalmologist or whatever they <laughs> <laughs> optometrist. Ophthalmologist. Yeah. yeah. Um there was I I did feel like okay, one good thing that I can say about this movie, um 
is that I do feel like the reveal that Orlando Bloom was a terrorist came at the exact right time for me because I was watching it and I was like, hmm, maybe she shouldn't be giving this random guy that she met all of this privileged information, like the protocol codes when she's on the phone with the CIA. And then immediately at that moment, he was outed as a terrorist. And I was that's like, when oh! I thought it too. I think that is good pacing because it was like that 20 minutes pace. in. If he had, I was like, he should stick around for a little longer. But then I'm like, you know what? That would be make her look dumb. No, nah, he got eaten by dogs. He's good. There's like a guy in an elevator with these two dogs. <laughs> and Orlando Bloom is being crazy. And the guy sicks the dog. The guy takes off the dog's muzzle and like sicks the dog on him and goes, get him, Bernice. <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, it was a female Rottweiler, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, but that was so Douglas sent uh, Bloom to the apartment that he sent his mentee to, the main mm-hmm. character. And he staged that he was robbing a, a TV, mm-hmm. really just so she would think he was some low level robber and not uh, a connected terrorist. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of is that what he... happened? I, I think that's no. What that happened. is yes. what happened. Yeah. I wish that he. I wish that he actually was a good guy later on, though. That would have been fun. Is recruiting Orlando Bloom not the craziest thing? Yeah, to you guys? I mean, <laughs> like for the movie or for that plot line. That's like if someone heckled you at a comedy show and you're like, you know what? I'm gonna have you open for me. <laughs> you know, it's just like kind of odd. You have something that's against very... Katy Perry's husband? Well, no, because she means his his character, like, (laughs) because it is true. He was robbing her apartment. And then she was like, do you want to go save the country with me? Right. She's going to trust him if he was just some guy robbing a TV. Genuinely, he was just there. Yeah. She did like, she did like not want to hire him. I think he just like kind of made her horny for a second. Well, he did. Well, there's that, of course. And then he did save her. Uh, in that in that apartment building because other people were after her and then he killed them which is weird because like yeah you know there's so many people on so many sides that's where it gets confusing where it's like wait is he a good guy is he a bad guy there's multiple bad groups who's on what side yeah it would have been more fun if he was like playing himself like orlando bloom was playing orlando bloom and then she's like i can't recruit orlando bloom he might he might actually have been playing himself i'm not even sure what his character name was but (laughs) he was all did she like he's like living in a warehouse and good looking guy you know yeah why not so it's like uh he can shoot a few people for me yeah islamic fundamentalist orlando bloom I only know Orlando Bloom is Legolas. All right. And Legolas is definitely an Islamic fundamentalist. <laughs> I know him as Will Turner. Which, son of Bootstrap Bill Turner. Do you think yeah. that Will Turner is out of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise the most likely to turn to terrorism? Yeah, because he literally becomes Davy Jones mm-hmm. at the end of the third movie. I love those movies. Interesting. <laughs> was, he, was he an Islamic terrorist or was he just working for... Well, because uh, I feel like all of those guys were in the end like working for the Islamic fundamentalists. In some aren't way. we all Unless they were just like... <laughs> unless... Anyway, like, like, I mean, if you think about it, anyone who participates in capitalism is somehow working for oil... Working for I, e- like war, right? I work for Xi Jinping. <laughs> That's my boss. I'd answer directly to him. We work for Tony Collette, actually. Yes. 
We, we are, PR every we are week being paid about. by Tony Collette to do mm-hmm. this podcast. That's, yeah, right. She said, you know which movie of mine I want to draw attention to? Unlocked. The one where the one where Michael Douglas plays an Islamic fundamentalist. <laughs> <laughs> the one where I is this the most recent movie where she shaved her head? Because she's done I that think a so. lot. Yeah, I mean, before that, she shaves her head all the time. The time is ripe for her to do it again. I think she should shave her head, and maybe that'll finally give her an Oscar, another Oscar, another Oscar nomination. She uses a machine gun in this movie. She does. Yeah, this is that's literally how you spoiled the fact to me that she didn't die. Oh, because yes. she hadn't. <laughs> you right. told me last night that she used a machine gun, and I was like, oh, can't I said machine gun Tony, yay, and I uh, couldn't wait. And then she got shot, and I was like. She hasn't used a machine gun yet. She's alive. And then she, she used it. She uses several <laughs> rounds on that machine gun. I think she only kills one person. Am I right? Yeah. That that one guy, she's looking for that one shooter who turned, who like, I, I feel, I guess maybe the casting department was like, we super don't want to look racist by releasing mm-hmm. this movie about Islamic fundamentalists because the script had been written like years ago. It was on right. the, uh, it was on that website blacklists, like list of uh, like most liked unproduced screenplays in like 2008. So I feel like it like, might've been yeah. written like before we were really aware of that stuff. And then maybe mm-hmm. um, when they were casting later on, they were like, we can't make every terrorist look Middle Eastern. Right. So well, they cast Tony's- them- yeah, a full like albino to play that uh, that one guy. Well, and he had to be visually distinct too because you had to like recognize him yeah, from earlier true. in the movie, and I did. Oh, I did. Also looked like, you know, he looked very Aryan. But um, Tony's character was originally written to be a man too. I saw. Yeah, so. I and also she would have d- been only there. Only would have been one woman in the movie. <laughs> I also so. don't think that they were like actually trying to cater to us by uh, casting the uh white people i just think it would be a funny idea if they were well no, i t- think it's that's a good point i mean yeah, i think you like, might be right 2017 it came out which is like already post trump and it was written in like when bush was president i think it was yeah. definitely yeah like but a- also i mean what i think about constantly is that statistic that's like okay it's either one or ten percent for both of these statistics uh, but it's something like only like 10% of the population is on Twitter and like 99% of the content on Twitter is made by like 10% of those Twitter users. Mm-hmm. So some, so sometimes when it comes to like, but also like social justice isn't just on Twitter. So who knows? Sometimes I feel like I can't tell if something is woke or unwoke or trying to be mm-hmm. woke like just in my own mind or if your if goggles that real. you have on all the time this might be because i've been stuck inside for months yeah and i think we're all consuming twitter constantly and yeah. life is not twitter i mean twitter is, is a bubble but i've been on uh, twitter for like 10 years and yesterday for the first time in 10 years i was like maybe i will delete twitter yeah (laughs) i just realized what a bad mood it puts me in all the time oh it's terrible mood but i think it was it used to be fun it was hijacked fully by donald trump like bots i what oh yeah you know boomers and stuff 
I think the point about they made some changes as it went along is probably true because there was like 75 production companies that they listed in yes. the beginning. And uh, yeah, true. Whenever that happens, it's not a good sign because you know that the movie is changing hands multiple times and then it's just going to, it's not going to be coherent and, and cohesive. So I knew going into it when I saw, you know, 75 different companies listed, I was like, all right, we're in. For and not a, a single one of them was A24. Yeah, I mean, come on. Us. A24 and a fight scene on a train. Like, do you want a good movie? That's the formula. They need <laughs> to make one of those. Oh, my God. God, what are some aspects of good action movies besides train fights that could that question. you that you think could have been used in this this question is specifically for jake because you watch a lot of action movies and i have no idea like how to fix this well, movie what would have made it a better i think i will say i think someone said before like they separated you know the the types of action movies spy movies are hard to pull off I think this is a spy movie, so it gets a little too confusing. So I think they just had to make it a little more simple. Like James Bond, I don't think you get much more simple than that. <laughs> James Bond movies Very and they're simple. so entertaining, you know. So I think that more maybe that's what it needs. I think with a spy movie, it's all about having, like the reason James Bond works. It's like you have multiple, like locations, that are very different, mm. right? You know, Indiana Jones is like that too. I love those movies. Yeah, you need they, to be they're in very location-based. You have to go to like at least you have to start the movie in a super random location that is it's not South related America. to the rest of the movie. Mm-hmm. In South, South America. America or Shanghai or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to be in Tangier. You go back to America for oh, a yeah. little debrief. <laughs> and, you know, Tony Collette's like, "Hey, you got to do this in this country." So you go to this other country. You pick up your sidekick. Mm-hmm. Then you go to a third country, or fourth. And then you do something shitty there, and then you finally go to the main evil country where you're gonna yeah. do most. It's got to be shit. a global. There's got to be. There's also got to be a real sexy casino mm. in the movie. Mm. You know, like in that. What's that? Part of China has like a, it's kind of like Vegas China, and then you have like Monaco. You know, Vegas China. Like, Where's that? No, 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 it's not called Vegas. It's called something else, but uh, <laughs> it's like Monaco, but in, in mm-hmm. China. Hong Kong. Yeah, you you need high stakes. You need something like that gambling is part of is part of all of it uh i like a sexy woman with like an asymmetrical bob who like seduces you and then tries to kill you yeah, yeah and i mean like and, every mission impossible films too i forgot to mention that i love tom cruise he does all those own stunts you know i'm excited by that and that has a global thing he's you know he's climbing buildings in dubai oh, yeah. you know what i mean yeah exactly also if you really want the formula for a good spy movie best yes. place to get it is austin powers it's making fun of spy movies, so it actually gives the formula. He's in the casino, I think, every movie. That you know, actually makes a great, lot of sense. Yeah, they they uh, they picked it apart, like what mm-hmm. it, it takes to be a good spy movie, better than anybody. I think with this movie, the main thing is that because Amazon, the blurbs or whatever on the side, kept telling me like this was tried to be so accurate from they consulted with actual CIA people because so they wanted to make like an accurate spy movie. But I think the movie suffered because of that, because it was too. Like, accurate spy or... movies aren't good. Have you ever oh, yeah, they would be boring. Soldier spy, it's the worst exactly. movie I've ever it seen. It was formulaic, but it was also like not formulaic in the exciting ways. Mm. Being a spy is not actually fun. 
it's only fun in film. So you don't want it to be like a spot. You want it to be like, oh, you know, James Bond, not like a real spot. Yeah, because part of like, I mean, from what I've heard, which is I watched one 18 minute YouTube video one time. Have you seen that of the real CIA person like analyzing all these spy scenes? Is this like vocal coach listens to let it yeah. go? Like it's uh, it's like one of those. It's like it was made by like a like some magazine or something. But uh, she was talking about how when you're a spy, you're really just supposed to be super boring and not stand out, mm-hmm. which uh, doesn't sound like it would make for a very good movie if you made it, you know, appropriate to the yeah what it's really like. I want to be a spy. I wanted to be a spy when I was a kid. I saw Spy Kids and I desperately wanted to be a child spy. Uh, I, I like asked my mom about it. I was like, can you sign me up to be a spy kid? And she was like, that's not real. And she was like, no, but it is. And she, and she was like, there's no way that that's real. Uh, and then I got like, I'm sorry. I forget how to end that story. The Spy Kids <laughs> fit the formula of spy movie? I don't know. Uh, we could. We should just become spies, the mm-hmm. four of us. Let's all do let's it. Do, let's do a mission. Should we I make a so. pact right now that we'll become spies undercover? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think a couple, this podcast coming out in what, two or three weeks, right? So then we have until then to like uncover all the, all the We have until then to our... find the next COVID. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because of because discretion is of the utmost importance, we're not actually spies. Wink, wink, because you can't. No, see we're not. We're yeah. not at all. Jake's already started it because he has no video up. He's good. He's incognito. Oh shit! Let me turn mine off. Oh shit! Yeah, good point. Okay, now we're spies. Wait, I literally don't know how to do this. Well, Mike's not a good spy. Well, it looks like you guys just aren't going to be spies. <laughs> look, uh, oh we're, my god! Look at this. We're oh my under- god, it's gone. We're undercover now. Wow. Audio is, Zoom. So it really is boring to be a spy. Yeah, that, I, I, I gave up. More exciting than that. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know when everyone's video was gone. It just went to like your desktop. That's sad. That's what you guys think because you're all in your house. But I'm currently in a plane. I'm about to skydive out of here into into a foreign country. You just don't know. You know what? We just watched you guys. I don't know if you've seen this, but it's like an action franchise. Um, so probably uh, this movie a few weeks ago that Tony was in, it was a, it was a threequel to the triple X series with uh, Vin Diesel called triple X return of Xander cage. Yes. And Tony plays the villain. And that movie is batshit. Like makes no sense. Like they jump out of planes with no parachute. Like they grab onto things. But like, I liked it so much more than I liked this. I movie. love that that dumb shit. That's like no one could live through that. But you're like, you know what it is. I I feel like with any spy movie or really with any movie that has like stakes, which should arguably be any movie or any story. But there is some sort of element of like importance, like you know, lives are on the line here. So it can be a little bit hard to make that fun, especially yeah. when they're leaning as hard into the Islam side of it as they are in this movie. Whereas in the triple X movies, in like Die Hard, for example, I don't really think that there's any big religious element or any element that's able to be super paralleled to real life with any degree of ease. And I think that that might be what made it a little bit harder for me to 
uh, enjoy this because yeah, I like because I was like it's not like the smart. real life thing because I because I was like it's not smart enough for me to be like hmm. but it's also mm-hmm. not fun so yeah you're like I don't want to be in this like isn't that like Amazon show that's like got John Krasinski in it isn't oh, that about yeah. like him being Jack, Jack Ryan, Ryan. Mm-hmm. That's so fucked. I haven't seen that actually. No, but it's I'd... like about. I think it's about him like stopping Middle Eastern terrorists, and I'm just like, stop. Yeah, I don't. I don't... I don't care about that. I mean, maybe whatever. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I, just I think I think Jake hit the nail on the head. It just feels too real. Like it's not yeah. fun and absurd. Like you know, like a Fast and the Furious or a James Bond where they survive mm-hmm. ridiculous, you know, fight scenes or whatever. And so, like, that's part of the fun of it. Um, but, yeah, it just kind of feel it feels really real, but wasn't executed great in, in terms of having that sentiment, you know, just what Sam was saying. It wasn't, like, smart enough and, you know, uh, executed well enough to, to be liked in that way either. And the stakes were so – they were high, but at the – like, I was thinking about this in, like, the final battle or whatever when she was in the parking garage with Michael Douglas. Like – it's just literally coming down to like they're trying to stop this like aerosol pandemic from happening in a sports stadium. Triggering, uh, but th- it literally just comes down to these two people in a parking garage and like a phone timer, and then he died, and then it was over. And I was just like, that feels anticlimactic. Let me ask you guys this question: because why is every you know, Sam, you haven't seen a lot of action movies, but a lot of these movies end with some sort of timer and some sort of bomb going off that's going to destroy the world. And it's always like down to the last second. I mean, is it like, let's, uh, let's mix it up a little bit. This one was three seconds, I believe. So a little bit different. <laughs> let's have the bomb go off, but yeah, let's just have it go off. Let's see what happens. Let's have people's eyes bleed in the elevator. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to be at the sporting event. Like I personally wouldn't be there. I don't have the emotional sticks with that. <laughs> I also, before that, when they were looking at uh, the elevators going up and down, I was kind of tuning in and out because I'm not a professional and I'm not good at hosting this podcast. But there's a minute where one of the guys says to Michael Douglas, like, those elevators are rigged and it's the elevators going up and down. And I was like, oh, are those people like trapped in the elevators? And I just and that was what's what I thought was happening. And I thought that that might have been funnier. Then oh, it's like in Spider-Man releasing like gas into the elevator. I don't know, just a note for the screenwriter. I don't know if you want to make your action film into like a comedy film for no reason at all, but if you wanted to make (laughs) just that like last act, if you didn't want to change the first two acts at all and just wanted to have that one joke come in in the third act and just have a bunch of people in elevators who can't get out, that would be really well. It would add to the emotional stakes. I mean, remember in Spider-Man to bring it back to Spider-Man and action sequences, the first one when he when they're uh, on the roosevelt island tram, yes, and, and i never st- have taken that tram before in my life because of that scene <laughs> yeah oh i know i didn't even realize that was that tram until after i wrote it like multiple times and i was like oh hope willem dafoe is not flying around here trying to kill me today he's always flying around trying to kill people <laughs> just to willem dafoe is i think the time is. thing is because the race against the clock a buzzer beater there's really nothing better you know yeah. like when yeah. if you're at the top of like james bond cannot mm-hmm. be defeated by any man he could only be defeated by time yes and i think that's why and if well, the I mean, bomb goes the off countdown. if the bomb goes off then how do you know it's the end of the movie true 
You know well, that the movie's about to end when they stop the bomb from going off. I did wonder if they were going to set it up for a, a, a sequel or something, but instead they had her randomly kill the like white evil Muslim guy in like Prague or something on a stairwell. I'm just saying, God forbid, you know, one of these movies just throws a curveball at us from time to time. <laughs> like, if I'm going to believe, if you want me to be invested in the stakes of the, the race against time, why don't you have uh, it end a different way? You know, maybe maybe it's like two minutes he defuses the bomb. All right. I, I don't want to wait till the last second. I mean, that's just uh, sloppy. It's just sloppy. It's just predictable. It's it's lazy filmmaking, if you ask you me. Know, you know, what's great is is the, the dark night because they'll do the They'll, they threw the curveball because mm. they'll have the race against time. And then he goes and he stops it with a minute left. It's like, oh, no, there was actually something that was just a distraction. And there's like yeah. something else going on. See, Is there that you when go. he blows up the hospital? Yeah. Is that when that happens? I think so. There's the one point where yeah. he has, uh, what's his name? Two-Face, Heath whatever Ledger. that guy's name is. Oh, Aaron no, Eckhart. No, yeah, Aaron Eckhart. And then he has Maggie Gyllenhaal in two different locations. And then he shows, it's like a, a old oh. misdirection. God, we had to watch this horrible movie for this podcast where Aaron Eckhart plays terrible. a pedophile, and now it's all I can see. <laughs> I have to, I have me. to start. I honest I God, guys, I think that I have to start doing this podcast drunk again because I tried to do it sober this week. Sam, okay. why? I don't know. Because then, okay. Um, um, I mean, the name okay. of this movie is incredible. <laughs> Unlocked. Great name. Unlocked. Uh, absolute first of all what are they unlocking they unlock the um what did they say they said they were unlocking the the person like when she interrogates someone she unlocks them that was it she only does that once so unlocked great name i i don't know what it meant why didn't the movie let's come up with alternate titles i feel like a lot of things are on you know we got unloaded unlocked on you know unbuttoned undoing got it yes i think the un thing is almost like the time thing let's uh shake it up a bit (laughs) (laughs) i think unlocked is strong i like just call it It locked yeah yeah or lock with an e at the end john Locke. wow um call it numi rapas do does anybody have any other notes before we move on to awards Let's see i'm uh oh there's a moment uh right before her mentor dies when he just starts using some sports metaphors for no reason he's just talking to her and he's like you're a clutch player al no matter what (laughs) happens you sink that three pointer and i was like what are you talking about that's the moment that i knew this movie wasn't made for me i was like (laughs) i was like you just confirmed it i'm leaving the room (laughs) it was corny I was like, you're just loading me up with things I don't get. I do not trust Michael Douglas. Something about him visually, I just like, I hate you. I don't trust people. I don't know why. (laughs) Pussy eaters don't trust him. Yeah, you can't trust those guys. So you only trust who do you you only trust what? Like T.I. and like DJ Khaled, right? Or like they're the ones who. Only men in the world that I give a fuck about. (laughs) I mean, T.I. does eat pussy, right? He just doesn't let his daughter. He his, he tests his daughter's hymen all the time. Right. Ooh, okay. Pretend I didn't say that. I... 
I don't think that Ti has ever specified whether or not he eats pussy. We we would oh. like Ti to, to I, clarify. I feel like I, his discography. You know what I feel like? I feel like after Pirates, after, I feel like during Pirates of the Caribbean, Orlando Bloom went through a phase of not eating pussy because he didn't think he needed to. Mm. Why? Because of Keira Knightley? No, just because he was famous. You know, she was 17 when that first movie was made. Yeah. Really? Wait, I thought that she was 17 during Love Actually. Maybe it's the she same made two year. movies in one it's year. The same, they came out the same year. Can you believe it? Wow. I don't know if you get a name like Orlando Bloom not going down on, on gals. <laughs> yeah, no, I think uh, those go hand in hand. Yeah. I wonder what him and Katy Perry's sex life's, life is like. Well, I'll tell you what. He does what he does <laughs> and she sings baby you're a firework and that's the entire ah, relationship i think that's accurate yeah no i don't know yeah oof okay. i watch so out, of the cast, okay. so out of the cast so out of the cast members of this movie michael douglas eats too much pussy uh orlando bloom eats we would say a moderate amount of pussy who are the other men in this movie john um, John Malkovich. John Malkovich. Do we think that John Malkovich eats? He might be too old. I he think did. he used to do it a lot. I I don't. Well, I don't know. Did people eat pussy in like the thirties? <laughs> I think so. Especially the thirties. It was the depression. Yeah, I feel like the thirties was thirties was like prime time. I feel yeah, like you, you'd go days without a meal. You take it. Twenties. The Roaring Twenties was the most that's ever been consumed. Is that is that fact? Yeah. That's yeah, the the because the you hear the you're you're so far in there you only hear the roar. You tell yeah. your wife to eat a lot of roar pasta by Katy Perry, and then you eat her pussy for the carbs. That's what you do when you can only afford to feed one of you. Right. Yeah. I'm gonna tell my mom not to listen to this one. Oh please. <laughs> you think she's gonna text me and she's gonna be like, the twenties, lots of pussy eating. All right. She'll be like, you think the 20s were bad? <laughs> Let me tell you about the 70s. No! <laughs> no! <laughs> my mom texts me after listening to the podcast, your father just ate my pussy. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, that scream was involuntary. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> Jake, Everhart. Your favorite movie that we've seen so far in this podcast has been Fun Mom Dinner. Is Unlocked better than Fun Mom Dinner? I'm going to have to, I'm going to, uh, it's a no for me. Wow. No for me. Okay. Uh, here on the Tony Awards, we give three awards to each and every movie, first of which is best prop. So, Mike, what was your best prop? I'm going to say the stopwatch or whatever that's gonna you know unleash the bio weapon you know again just making the point let's let's mix it up here with uh the you know these action films let's figure out a new uh trope here if that you know i guess it wouldn't be a trope because that's what is a trope i don't even know what i'm saying is a trope something that's done over I think and over that again a trope can be anything yeah we love yeah. tropes. All right, so listen. Let's get rid of this trope. Let's let's mix it up. The stopwatch detonating the bioweapon. That's my prop. Yeah. What about you, Jake? Uh, it's a toss-up between Michael Douglas's mouth cancer and the TV <laughs> that Orlando Bloom steals. 
my best oh, prop yeah. was uh, my best prop was Bernice the dog. What about oh, you, Jake? True. Mine was that one awkward slow motion breaking glass vial of virus. I don't know if you guys noticed, but when the, this child accidentally breaks into the place where they're making the like evil virus, the guy making it it's like in the air so he's like freaked out because someone broke in he drops the glass and it, it just breaks in slow motion it's the only time they use slow motion in the movie and it was mm-hmm. so obvious i love a good single slow motion shot like when a movie only uses slow motion once and you're like "Ooh, maybe uh not but <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh next award is best tony moment so mine was the machine gun course what about you guys obviously you took it first i think <laughs> that yeah that that might have been obvious but how about the time where she meets the cia agent to get a tea and she's just walking a perfect golden retriever i mean uh that dog I, that dog is the, the best thing i've ever seen in my life <laughs> so i think that was the best moment yeah i'm gonna change mine to what mike said because I, i'm a golden retriever guy myself <laughs> uh, mine the, mine is also oh, i didn't go well you said gun no but i'm gonna change it because mine is also that first time we see her because she went basically the best honey moment is when i first saw her in this movie and i literally screamed at her hair yeah you did um i, I texted you Jake Velasquez and Mike Bramante were texting throughout the movie. Jake sent exactly one text to me about this movie, and it just said Tony's hair. Mm. <laughs> well, that tells the whole story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the next award is a custom award. It can be for anything and everything. Uh, mine was best way to kill someone, and it was when Orlando Bloom slammed that guy's head in the washing machine door. Oh, that was cool. Yeah. Gotta try that one out. What about you guys? I'll say most, I kind of brought this point up earlier, but this is what I wrote for the award is most production companies. (laughs) (laughs) That's impressive. Most production companies of all time. Of all time, this film had the most production companies involved. They unlocked every single production company (laughs) in the history of Hollywood. Yes. I'm constantly keeping a tally of bad movies with great casts. And before this, uh, I gave that award to Love Actually, but I think this has now taken that award. First of all, this is the, offense to this that is because that second. is a great that is a great movie. This Maybe it doesn't second. live up to the cast, but it's phenomenal. Love Actually name drop. Uh, and now, second oh. Love Actually. Wow. It has the season, I guess. Yeah. I guess if a movie has Kira Knightley or Orlando Bloom in it, it might be bad, but have a good cast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if they're together, it's great. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, my award is the One Too Many Betrayal Award. Oh, that's a good one. One Too Many Betrayals Award because uh, at a certain point, I'm like, why does Numi trust anybody? Like, yeah. there's literally like every single kid. I was, I was like, when is Tony going to shoot her in the head? Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. It's just like, why would you even be a spy if everyone was constantly betraying each other for someone else? I don't know. It sounds betrayal is sexy. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. not even a single sex scene. Like, in this there were movie. there were so many That's betrayals that just went around and around. You by the end, you didn't know who was on what side. God, I betrayed as a viewer. Fucking in theater school, we had to read this play called Betrayal and like talk about it in script analysis class, and it was just scene after scene of like it was two couples and they're like cheating on each other. I think. 
Um, and every scene was just the two couples sitting down and being like, so are you cheating on me? And the person being like, no, absolutely not. And then that's it for like 80 pages. Um, and that was better than this movie, I thought, even yeah, though I fucking I've, hate Harold Pinter. I've actually Harold's read Pinter. that because my one of my ex-girlfriends was taking it's very similar class and I read the same uh, read the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that would tell you what, that was riveting. 80 pages. <laughs> I don't know. Like, are you cheating on them? Or are you not? I don't know. <laughs> I, they had me hooked. <laughs> Maybe um, Tony should be in a film adaptation of Betrayal. I think. And then Maybe we should do a Pinter podcast. And Absolutely fucking not, Jake. We, we should have one production company, A24, and there'll be a fight, sa- fight scene on top of a train. Mm-hmm. And that's... And Tony's like, did you cheat on me? Yeah. No. <laughs> we need, we also, I would love to see Tony do a movie sometime in the future where she just gets to have her natural Australian accent, even though she is good at every other accent. Uh, but looks like we've reached the end of our podcast. Do you guys have anything to plug? A podcast of your own, perhaps? We do. Mike, you want to plug it? Yeah, we, we do. Uh, we, me and Jake... Jake Velasquez, uh, we have a podcast called the Do Less Podcast, and we think everybody does way too much, and everyone just <laughs> needs to chill out and do less. Okay. This when movie Sam told me our advice. <laughs> when Sam told me you guys not only knew each other but had a podcast together, I was so impressed. And you and you guys chose the movie without me. I mean, like I DM'd you guys both individually, and then you That's, individually. I didn't know if me and Jake were a package deal. Now I, I kind of texted him. I was like, "This is a big deal." I think me and you were uh, were package deal. I I no, I I thought I thought that maybe you guys had like DM'd each other about. My biggest fear is uh, that I'll ask somebody to come on the podcast, and then they'll DM somebody, be like, "This bitch just asked me to come on her fucking Tony Gillette podcast," <laughs> and then the other person will be like, "Yeah, she sent me the exact same." dm uh, actually this was a a delight uh delightful surprise when we both found out we got the group message from you that we were both on it yeah, yeah. i was pumped and we it's great excited. timing that you guys yeah. got us on now because we're bur- hey, we're blowing up i mean in a week i don't know <laughs> it'll be tough to get in touch with us so it's... i mean yeah we, we have we have dozens of fans potential does this count as a crossover episode for you guys as podcast i think it does i mean yeah do you guys want to leave us on some advice on how to stop doing things? Yeah. yeah yes. I don't know. Um, I don't want to put you on the spot. No. I mean, I think like Jake said, like we'll tie it into the movie here. This movie did way too much. Okay. Way too many production companies, way too many betrayals, way too many, you know, changes. Uh, the formula is simple for, for a good action movie and in life. All right. If you want to be happy, just do, just do less. All right, yeah. do it. Do what and, you want to do. Do less. Be happy. Yeah, our podcast is the key to happiness. Come unlock <laughs> it. All right. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming on. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Thank Thanks you, for Jake Everhart's mom, for listening. Have a nice day. Bye.